there's got to be more to my life than this. I've, I've got goals. I've got a purpose. And I definitely don't want to just give up on myself, give up on my dreams. And it was just in that moment that I just, I, I felt within myself that I would rather die trying to fix myself than literally just give up. Welcome, you're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and tips from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or relationships to just living better and with more energy, or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts, and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. Hey, it's Ella jumping on here before we get started with this week's episode, just to let you know that some of the themes in this conversation involve self-harm, the death of Sue's own daughter, and some pretty weighty subjects. If you are not in a space where you want to join that conversation, then just skip this episode, go back to any of the other 220 or so episodes. There's a lot here for you. I do want to let you know this is ultimately an extremely uplifting episode and really, really inspired me. Just wanted to let you know that and there will be additional resources in the show notes today. Thanks so much. Hey, you're on air with Ella and I am joined today by Sue Quidietti. Sue, I don't think I said that right. <laughs> you say it better than what I say. I'm going to try and say it with you say it. my best Italian accent. Sue Gutierri. Gutierri. And all the Italians listening shake their heads. I'm hanging mine in shame. It's Sue G <laughs> from here on out. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> hey, Sue, tell everybody who you are and what you do. Right. So um, I'm Sue, as Ella has brilliantly introduced me, and I'm a certified John Maxwell mindset coach. What does that mean? So essentially, I work with uh, clients on their mindset and various aspects of their life. So it could be business related, it could be um, personal in terms of their life, trying to sort themselves out, they found themselves stuck. And then that's where I come in and I give them the tools and strategies to work through all of their self-limiting beliefs. What I find so ironic about us, Sue, is first of all, the last time we spoke was in Instagram Live in I know. August. I will make sure that I link to that if I can, or just that I make it easy to see and accessible. But we spoke in August on Instagram Live, and that was the first time we ever spoke in our whole lives, yeah? Totally. But, uh, but prior to that, we've been having some great banter, great conversations on the DM. And yeah, I just felt her positive vibe, people. Like, I feel as though I can talk to her forever, like literally. I mean, it's taken us a solid 15 minutes to get this you know, episode up and running because we've just been talking people. <laughs> that is factually correct. Yes. <laughs> Sue, what attracted me to you so much was you radiate energy, which I love. I have a little bit of energy myself and you radiate positivity, but asterisk, not this like sunshiny, everything's no. fine, but more no. in the camp that I think I fall in, which is that positivity and positive mindset and growth mindset, which is actually Absolutely. how I think about it, yeah. is a choice that we make every day. And I just felt like you and I, I just felt like we were totally vibing on that. Absolutely. And you've summed it up really, really well. You see the thing with 
you trying to be positive and a lot of the um the airs and graces that i often find online and with people is that you can say you want to be positive right but actually doing it and making that choice it is an absolute choice okay we all go through various challenges particularly in the last 12 months where we've all been on lockdown because of this horrendous virus and at the beginning of lockdown, I was in the camp that, oh, well, this ain't really that bad because I run my business online anyway. But I noticed that a lot of people then started to just slowly fall off the cliff and start to really beat themselves up. And you tend to lose yourself in those moments. And, you know, it's trying to find yourself to be super motivated. And if you're and if you don't have a strong sense of self, if you are not fully aware of how the language in which you speak to yourself, for example, your current situation, then yes, it's going to be incredibly difficult for you to be positive. And I can, and you know, and I can absolutely say this, that sometimes I don't feel great, but in those moments when I don't feel great, I sort of catch myself and I'll say to myself, well, what is the alternative? It's easier for me to dwell or be negative and it will just then drain me okay because because here's the thing when you don't feel great about yourself you are less likely to take any kind of positive steps or actions to do anything right so then what is the point what are we gaining from this negative thoughts that we're feeling and that's one of the things i just wanted to riff with you about this today to be honest because let's talk to several people. I want to talk to the folks who are trying to emerge out of this cocoon that people have arguably mm -hmm. been in for the past 12 months. But I also want to talk, Sue, to those who just feel like they're low vibe right now. And I know that's a woo-woo way to say that, but what I mean is I came out of a few months ago, I just felt like I was in a really low vibe, low energy, sloth-like state. Mm -hmm. And whenever I can motivate motivate myself out of that space. I want to share some of those tricks and tips with the mm. world. Well, you do this for a living. So I thought no better person to talk to about this. But I think the first thing we should do is I think we should talk a little bit about how you are called to do this. Because to me, your story, what brought you here to where you are now speaks volume. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got here? Right. So all of this, it's all premeditated and it's taken a lot. Like I'm still three years into my journey. So back in 2018, I and my husband discovered our eldest daughter, who was only 22, my little June bug, Geneva. We found her deceased at her halls of residence at university. And she was at university studying her master's degree She's our firstborn. So naturally, as a parent, going through that traumatic experience, she had taken her own life and there was no evidence or there was no underlining reasons for her uh, mental breakdown because she had never, ever, ever, ever displayed any kind of mental challenges growing up. She had a really, really great teenage years into her early teens, everything was just right. We had a really great, close, open relationship. As a matter of fact, okay, she was she was me, like super, super bubbly. She was a social butterfly, super confident. 
And so for us to then discover that she had taken her own life came as a severe, massive punch in the gut. I mean, my heart is, my heart will never ever be the same, right? I'm not the same Sue that I was two and a half years ago. And that's, you know, that's naturally. And so after getting through the worst period, well, I don't, I don't actually want to say getting through the worst period because I'm still going through it. And mm -hmm. so, and so when I make reference um, earlier on about choosing to be positive, I'm specifically speaking about my grief journey, if you will. And so we had to go through an inquest, which is basically a court case to establish the circumstances surrounding her death. That was itself traumatic. I ain't ever been in a courtroom a day in my life. I've never been in trouble before. So to be in court and listen to all of these experts and they're trying to knit all of this together to say, okay, then we're not entirely sure why this happened, but we believe it may have been this. So going through all of that, I lost a lot of weight. I was severely depressed. I myself, I myself wanted to take my own life because the thoughts of waking up every day having my husband's family who flew in from Italy now I've got my family in our house and just being in just in this environment of sorrow heartbreak and you know there are no answers and for me I got to a stage where when I was actively like really planning that I'm going to kill myself, there was now there was now another voice in my head saying, but can you not see what suicide has done to the family? What is the purpose in that? And it was just in that moment that I just, I, I felt within myself that I would rather die trying to fix myself than literally just give up. And so I started the process and it was really little things like, getting out of bed which sounds like an easy thing to do but when you spend literally 24 hours a day not eating solely crying you are just a a fragment your soul has virtually left your body and it's just and it's just the physical it's just the physical you in bed being able just to climb out of bed for me was like okay I'm you know I've done something really Super positive today. I've been able to get out of bed, right? Sue, you have you have other children as well, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So I've got I've got two other children. I've got a fifteen year old, a little um, I was gonna say a little girl, but she's still my little girl. Um I've got a fifteen year old and I've got um my little boy who is actually my little boy, uh, a ten year old. And so all of that again, it was a combination of me trying to manage my emotions so that they were not adversely um, traumatized because they've lost their older sister. And so going through all of that, I just felt within myself that there's got to be more to my life than this. I've, I've got goals, I've got a purpose, and I definitely don't want to just give up on myself, give up on my dreams. And I started to say to myself that I am the most important person in the world. I didn't do it for the kids. I didn't do it for my husband. I did it for myself because I recognize that in order for me to be the most effective mum, the most effective wife, sister, auntie, daughter, I have to fix myself. 
I've got to arrive at a point where the pain of losing my daughter isn't greater than me wanting to pursue life and not feel guilty for it because I feel the bereavement and grief of suicide is completely different from the grief from any other um, death that a parent may go through, right? And why it's different is because as parents, the loved ones behind, they're left with a whole bunch of unanswered questions. And so when I got to the stage where I realized that I am literally beating myself up here because number one, there was absolutely nothing I could have done. And if I did know something was up with her, I would have done something. No parent is going to see their child suffer and not actively try to, you know, get them the assistance, get them medical help that they can. So if I didn't know anything, why am I now beating myself up for? And that is the brain working. Right. And so much easier to say than to do. Yeah, exactly. That's my brain trying to keep me in this safe space of negativity and grief versus me rationalizing and taking everything into account and realizing that there was nothing that I could do. When I got to the stage where I could accept that and understand that it doesn't make me a bad mother because for a very, very long time, I had lost my confidence as a mum because I'm thinking I'm a bloody coach for crying out loud. I couldn't even see or recognize or even I like to I like to pride myself like I'm I'm like the FBI the MF you know MI5 I notice everything in the house so how on earth did I not notice that this was going on so that you know and so that affected my confidence as a mum I felt I felt rubbish as a person but once I realized that I could I could have done nothing because if I could I would have so why am I now beating myself up for Oh, Sue, that story just is a kick in the heart, in the gut, in the soul, in the teeth. And I think so many people benefit from the generosity of you sharing your story. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I will. I will take a breath and not. But it's impossible to listen to your story and not get emotional. Oh, no. Oh, no. But I'm so grateful to you because I know people who have suffered deaths recently, suffered the death of their marriage, suffered you know real isolation from their grown children, or they have children that are going through something and the parents can't fix it. And I mean, there are also people, Sue, and I know. Know that you speak to these people too who simply can't get out of their own head and they're yeah. stuck in their own trauma and they even yeah. might feel guilty because they're like listen to what sue's gone through and i'm just over here depressed and yeah. and i just want to say let's open up this conversation for mm -hmm. all of us because guys there is no grief comparison okay no exactly <laughs> that's uh, and actually that's a really important thing because there isn't a scale okay so my story of what i've gone through and what i continue to go through may not be someone else's story so your pain may not be like my pain okay this ain't a competition you know you feel how you want to feel do you know what i mean if you're going through something then it is personal and it's affecting you and your feelings and your lived experience are absolutely valid okay i can't no one can say oh my gosh duh, 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 duh. that's not the case for me I knew that being constantly sad, not eating, because I, I was emaciated. I'm not even joking. I lost my, like, my hair fell out. 
It was awful. And I realized that I, I was dying internally a slow, painful death because I was so incredibly heartbroken. I was traumatized as well, like really, really traumatized. But then I realized that I don't want to live like this. I don't want to live like this. And in me not wanting to live like this, I realized that life is still a beautiful, beautiful privilege. We've only got one life, you know. There is no dress rehearsal. You're on stage now, as Oprah Winfrey said, okay? And so if I can't go back in time, like back to the future and change things, but I can fix my future, I can take active steps, I can get out of my own head and stop playing this horrible nightmare on Elm Street movie and having nightmares constantly, because what am I gaining? And I will say this, for every emotion that we feel, we're trying to achieve something. So when you're sad, when you're angry, when you're fed up, you're trying to achieve something out of those emotions. When you feel good, when you start to feel positive, you feel it internally, that motivates you to want to do something. And it's not to say I don't have sad moments. And I'll tell you this now, her birthday's coming up on Saturday. She would have been 25. Okay. Of course, I feel sad this entire week. I've been feeling really, really sad, but I feel the sadness, but I don't, I don't stay in that room all, you know, forever because I've got clients to service and I can't be an effective coach if I ain't practicing what I preach. You said something that I think we should highlight. You said, I had to make myself the most important person in yes. this journey, for lack of a better way to say that. And I think that that is so critically important because, Sue, it's my belief that that's the only reason why this is working for you. I'm yes. not going to say it worked like it's over. Mm, yeah. But yeah. your path forward means that you are and this is this is where you just inspire me so much. You make space for your trauma and for your grief, but you also move forward and so many people think that that is selfish and aren't willing to make themselves the most important thing can you unpack that a little bit for us i'll tell you what the selfish thing is this the selfish thing there is not moving forward you're doing yourself and a massive injustice this is your life go look if you're driving a car this is your, your rear mirror, okay? So, and every so often you get to glance at it, right? And you're looking at it, but you're not driving your car looking at that, that rear mirror. It's that your past is there for a reason, right? Whatever's happened in your past. So in my case, me losing my daughter, it's there as a constant, you know, like my grief, if you will. My, I've learned to coexist. So she sits in the passenger side of the car. She is not allowed to drive my car. I wouldn't let her anyway. I drive an expensive car. You're not crashing it. <laughs> I bet she you crack sit. yourself up with that at least <laughs> once a week. I do, I do. So she sits in the passenger seat of the car. That's where you're allowed to be. Life is a beautiful privilege. It is incumbent upon you to do the best that you can to go after your dreams. Like why, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you, if you've left a, a horrible abusive relationship, why wouldn't you want to love on yourself? Your future is forward and your life 
matters. The way we speak to ourselves, it is so incredibly important because you are the most important person you are ever going to have a conversation with in a day. And it's not being arrogant. It's not being arrogant. It's you loving on yourself. It's you saying to yourself, I don't want to live and dwell in the past. And yes, this has happened to me, but what, you know, what can I learn from it? Who do I need to become? What do I need to do? You've got to ask yourself these really powerful questions. You will start to feel a whole lot better and your whole perspective on your situation then begins to change. But it doesn't happen overnight and it only happens when you turn on that switch in your brain and you are actively fighting to feel good, to get through what it is that you're going through. And that's precisely what I've done. Let's talk about that fight because the only way I have ever successfully done anything that feels bigger than I, whether it's new motherhood or going to graduate school or dealing with a relationship or just a big work project or launching a podcast when you had no idea at all what on earth a podcast was like pick a thing okay <laughs> much less <laughs> much less overcoming severe trauma the only way i have ever known how to do anything is to take the smallest possible step and just break Absolutely. it way down one step at a time what does that mean to you? It's literally setting the simplest, tiniest goal. So for me, it was, can I get out of bed this morning? Am I going to get out of bed? And I would psych myself up, going to get out of bed today. I've had a shower. I'm going to go downstairs today. I'm going to make myself a cuppa. Sorry, a cup of tea. <laughs> I'm going to make myself a cup of tea, you know? And so it's really setting yourself just little small tasks that you're not going to feel overwhelmed, but you're going to feel good that you've done it anyway, because that's one step forward than what you did yesterday. And that is how you're able to move forward after any kind of trauma or, or after any kind of challenges. Like I said, my trauma, my story that I'm going through doesn't have to be anyone else's, but the process by which I've been able to learn to fix myself from within where I'm in a position to coexist with my grief is the same. It's the same process. I didn't swallow a magic pill. I just said to myself, I don't want to die slowly. The world is still beautiful and I'm not going to be able to achieve anything if I'm in this dark, like the real life sunken place is where I was. That real horrible, and, and I know a lot of people are in that sunken place. And I also know that mental health issues, particularly during this pandemic, has increased. The number of people that are suffering from mental health has gone up nearly five-fold since COVID. That being said, because I feel as though that if you're doing all of the, the suggested things that you often, you're often told by either your healthcare professional or your doctor, and you still don't feel right within yourself, then that's the, that's the time when you ought to think about medication, right? But for the vast majority of us, our low mood is often, there's, there's often an underlining reason for it, you know, 
I wanted to ask you about that, actually, because this might be a weird direction to go in, Sue, but you opened the door, so here I come plowing through it. <laughs> you mentioned that you stopped taking care of yourself. Now, when we when we release this episode, it'll either be just before or very early into our April challenge, if you're listening in real time, where we're doing 21 days of walking, and that's meant to be 21 days of walking outside, if you can. And one of the reasons I want to do that is like a spring reset, a fresh air, oxygen in your lungs reset. Sue. And so I want to tie all of these things together because I believe that so much of resetting of waking back up to life does involve the physical body. And it seems like that was a critical part of your journey. And so I would love for you just to share, like, why did that matter? And what did it feel like when you started inhabiting your body the way that was optimal for you again? For me, it was because I I was looking in the mirror and I'm looking back at my reflection and I'm not recognizing this woman that's staring back at me. And I hated her. I absolutely, like, it just, it made me just want to vomit. Just, it was just disgusting, right? And so because I'd lost so much weight, I said to myself that, oh my gosh, so you're really going to let this, this grief, this grief has, it has, you know, your grief is complete now. You've lost, you're, you're losing your hair, you've lost weight, you ain't taking care of yourself, you've basically given up on yourself. And when I got to that stage, I realized that I can't do this. And I said, I would rather die trying to fix myself than me dying and not taking care of myself. So I just started to eat healthily, slowly. I started waking up in the mornings, doing a bit of meditation, doing a bit of journaling, listening to some music. I had, you know, I, I created a really great playlist and I call, I call them my anchor songs and I would listen to them. And then I was walking, I started walking and then I started running again. And then I started uh, training, getting to the gym, which was just great for me because it gave me that opportunity to have a bit of me time. And that was super important for me to get out of the house and just have that moment to myself and just talk great things to myself. And I used to say to myself, you're going to get through this, Sue. I even started speaking to myself in the third person, like, who actually does that? (laughs) You know, I started doing, I started doing little quirky things like that. And even, you know, and even as I'm saying it, I'm laughing because I remembered in, in those moments, I would start laughing to myself. And so I realized that if I can laugh, if I can have a laugh at myself, this is great. I started celebrating my little wins and slowly, slowly, I started to gain a really good, healthy weight. I just kept on moving. And then I felt confident enough to share my story because I believe that in me talking about my story and being an example, particularly to the clients that I work with, and also an example to my other kids and my family, it enabled them to also heal and they then stopped walking on eggshells but once they once i started to heal and uh, and they knew that i was okay it gave them permission to start healing to start making you know making them feel okay everything's all right Sue, you inspire me so much, and I just know that you will inspire so many more people. So I thank you for you. And thank you, babes. If you take one thing away from this show today, just know that 
life is worth living. Absolutely. It starts with you and you are worthy of that Absolutely. investment. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's a fantastic word, investment. Invest in yourself. It's not a new bag you need, right? It's not necessarily even a holiday. Invest in yourself. Get to know who you are. A lot of people don't know who they are. Know who you are. Stand in the mirror, look yourself dead in the eye and say, I love you. Do you know how awkward that feels the first time you do it? But once you do it, your brain starts to activate and you really start to understand what it means to love you, you know, invest in yourself. Sue, I love you. Love you, baby. Okay, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, find me on Instagram at onairwithella or open the show notes for this episode and get all the links at onairella.com. There's no whip. It's just onairella.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you for sharing the show. And thanks for inspiring me. You are, quite simply, awesome.